everybody. Hello. It is the Macaw Podcast, Podcast Universe. Universe. My name is Micah. My name is Jordan. And we uh, host this podcast. This is the sixth episode of the series that shall not be named. And in this podcast, we uh, analyze film franchises. And we are in the wizarding world. We're in Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter. And we are on the Half-Blood Prince. There's two more Harry Potters. And then we're going to hit you with a double feature of the Fantastic Beasts. They will be separate episodes. That made it sound like it'll be one episode. But um, so you still got this is you got five. We, we, we reached the halfway point in the last episode. Oh, OK. And then there'll be a, a new series that we've already got figured out, folks. Um, so today we're doing the Half-Blood Prince, like I already said. And by the time this movie comes out, the whole series has been published. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, this movie is directed by David Yates, who directed the last movie. Um, and it's written by Steve Clovis again, produced by David Heyman and David Barron. And then we got Nicholas Hooper doing the music, who did the music for the last movie. Hmm. Uh, we have cinematography by Bruno uh, Del Bonnell. Bruno Del Bonnell. Or is it Bomel? Shoot, my handwriting. It's Nell. Del Bonnell. <laughs> okay. And he did Amelie. Um, oh, man. Handwriting is so bad. Uh, Darkest Hour, Dark Shadows, Inside Lewin Davis. The All ballad. very different looking movies. What yeah. a versatile person. Uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh. Big Eyes and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. He's a Burt and a Cohen guy. Yes. And so I did kind of want to speak to the um, cinematography in this movie because um, not only does um, does it, it does look different, which is not necessarily something I really picked up on. I think it's a little more subtle. But um, he, the cinematographer, and David Yates were like, hey, we want this movie to be darker and they were kind of pitching the studio on it. And the studio's like, no, we like how the movies have looked. We don't want that to change. And so they kind of like, he got with his colorist. Um, and his colorist's name is Peter um, Doyle. And they worked together, kind of made a newer look that made the, the Hogwarts seem, this is their description, kind of more of a character, like a dark mm -hmm. character, empty hallways. Mm -hmm. in, you know, That's and, true. Yeah, and just a lot darker, more shadows, and they really focused on the lighting so that the uh -huh. lighting was different and unique, and then the studio kind of saw the coloring that was done after, of course, lighting uh -huh. and all that, and they were like, no, no, this looks really good. Oh, that's cool. And this is the only one in the series that is nominated for Best Cinematography. So, hmm. you know. Do you know if this guy has worked on the rest of them? I don't think he works on any more. So, hmm. too bad. He did a what great a job. Shame. Um, then we have, it's produced by Warner Brothers and Heyday Pictures. It's distributed by Warner Brothers. And this movie comes out July 15th, 2009. And this is crazy. So remember the last few movies, everything's hovered around like 100 to 150 million uh, production budget. You want to take a stab at what this one is? It's much higher. 250. 250 million. So they nearly double the budget on this movie. 
Um, Please tell me they make it back. Oh, they make it back so much. Uh, so you got uh, domestically, you got three hundred one million nine hundred fifty nine thousand one hundred ninety seven dollars, and then uh, worldwide you have nine hundred thirty three million nine hundred fifty four thousand one hundred ninety seven. dollars Yeah, they made it back. Yeah, and um, it's still just sort of mind blowing to me. Like all these movies have consistently been just about uh, a a billion dollars like they're so close consistently to being, yeah it's so insane yeah um i think azkaban was maybe the lowest and it was still like in the 800s yeah and everything else is like high 800s and then 900s um you can fact check me on that but you'd have to listen to all our previous episodes so just try to fact check me folks um so apparently, see, sometimes when I'm researching, you see things and you can sympathize with this because it's kind of like the IMDb trivia like question where you're like, did that really happen or is it blown out of proportion? But apparently Emma Watson was like not sure she was going to come back for this movie. I've never heard that. Um, and I did find like an actual interview where she's like, apparently she had considered not reprising the role. Just like a, a Steve Carell situation, like... Hey guys, I, I I did Michael, and now it's time for me to move on. I guess the the weird thing to me though is um not the weird thing the kind of cool thing is David Heyman said he was like we want what's best for the kids so if she wasn't able to do it we would have just recast it it would have been heartbreaking but I think whatever friend or family member put that little bug in her ear I hope she doesn't talk to that person anymore <laughs> that's uh, bad advice it is very bad advice. Um, and then I also wanted to shout out Stuart Craig. Wait, let me just say something too. She, this is, she's been in five of them and maybe she's concerned of like, this is all I'm going to be remembered for. Yeah. You've already been in five of them. So even, know, even if they recasted someone, you're always going to be Hermione way more than whoever they recast. Oh yeah. Even if that person has a better job. Yeah. They'd have to. Yeah. It, I mean, she didn't do it. So, yeah. and, and again, it's kind of in that element where it's like, was that like oh one night i was just like i don't really want to do it and i said it in this interview or is it a real thing that she was not sure about coming back okay so um i did want to shout out Stuart craig who is the production designer for all six of these movies and we haven't even like mentioned him um he's six or seven it's been six now oh okay Um, yeah and and the production designs on these movies are damn near flawless only one person the whole time like in charge of that yeah yeah and i didn't i i just read that i didn't actually go through each thing and double check to make sure it was him but i mean i don't i that seems right to me next time for the next movie or maybe the last movie it might like maybe you could look try to look up some interviews of him because as you said that is such a big part of the movie so right should do a spotlight on him yeah um that would be cool try to remind me of that movies aren't just about the actors and the directors and And the producers and these movies are a testament to that because the sets are probably a good like 40 percent of why these movies are cool Mm -hmm. cgi Uh, or not yeah yeah they're just fantastic sets yeah and i i love how in all of them you just really can imagine yourself there it's not far-fetched um because you know even though we obviously love these movies 
you, when when you're seeing the Avengers fighting Thanos on the planet Titan, you're not like, oh man, I could really see myself there. Oh yeah. You're like, oh no, I that's that's really fake. You and know? To, to like, it looks cool, but it's fake. Put it into perspective for people who may not be as interested in how movies work, but maybe you're listening to this podcast, so you're interested in it. Mm-hmm. If you have not watched the quarter crew of VFX artists react to Lord of the Rings yet, oh yeah, you have to Star Wars too. But I would say more as a Lord of the Rings fan. Like, I I had watched all the special features on all of the extended version special edition stuff, and I I thought I had seen everything. Yeah. There was so much in those things that I did not know that they did them that that way. Like, so many miniature sets that I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was such a wild video to watch. I mean, like, the Helm's Deep miniature and the Sauron miniature, which was like this, like, set up in a parking or not the the Sauron, the Sauron area that was like set up in a parking lot that like probably couldn't fit in this apartment yeah like so cool the um isengard was probably the most impressive yeah that's what i was talking yeah because they they said that because of that one shot where they go down into the cavern yeah that's real yeah like they it's probably what you're saying but that's i mean just look up the scene people and just know that they did it that's real yeah it's cool it's very very cool yeah um speaking of special effects though so, um, the couch scene. Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, what's that professor's name? Slughorn. Slughorn gets up out of a couch and there was some behind the scenes that I thought was really cool where the director, David Yates was like, you know, we have this great actor. We kind of want him to do his thing. So we had him like act coming out of the couch, like going from couch to human. And then we animated over him. Oh, really? And so, um, there's this footage where you can see him. He's on like this board and then, um, like, sitting down, but he's on a board, and then someone, there, there's, like, a spring that kind of shoots him up, and then he, like, he like improvised all the, like, shaking off of the oh, couch. that looks real to me. Yeah, and I then just they, assumed, add the, um, they add the CG later. I assume that they just did that practically because it seems easier. It will, but, I mean, making the couch, like, turn into his pajamas would have, that's impossible, so. Yeah, but they cut. Yeah, but I mean, in that sequence, it goes from like bit like it's yeah. like. Per, uh, uh, I just assume that like there were like uh, I don't know what the like suspension things oh, like okay. around him. Yeah, that mm-hmm. as he's moving, they they like broke or you know they like disconnected. Yeah, so they would become small. Oh, I thought it was something like that. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's way harder. Maybe it's easier to animate. Yeah. That yeah, that's because he's just wearing like in the in the, the actual shot, he's just wearing the pajamas. Yeah. Oh, I gotta see so, that. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then um, the Quidditch. I saw some behind the scenes on the Quidditch, and they have these really insane swings. So cool. the stuntmen do this because yeah. they have to. Um, and so they have these swings. They look kind of like they're from Mad Max or something, where someone's on one side, and they launch the other person off and then there's like green screen everywhere and then the person like does whatever they need to that do sounds in fun. the air yeah <laughs> and then there was footage of um ron like on a trampoline like jumping in the air and doing all the blocks and stuff and then he was commenting on how like after a little while like a man with a broom right there it's just not great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of it was very funny yeah. and then um then uh finally the, this was the best. This was the best. So they th- at the end of the movie, when Dumbledore and Harry are in the cave, so they, as you had pointed out, they they built that like ice sculpture. 
well, like the crystals. Yeah, I, I guess it's supposed to be ice. Oh, I just they just look like crystals. Yeah, they me. said ice cool. in the special yeah. in the special feature. So it's like they built that. Everything else is CG, uh-huh. and so they were like, "This is a daunting task and uh-huh. stuff." I think considering all that, it looks really great. Yeah. Um, but so they're doing they're they're doing that, and then you can see. I think his name's Michael um, Dumbledore, the okay. guy who plays Dumbledore. He he's like he's like yeah, they wanted us to do to be like on harnesses so that we wouldn't be slipping and stuff. And he goes, I'm a theater actor. I wouldn't dream of putting a harness on. And oh. the way he said it was just so, it felt like Dumbledore where yeah. you're like, oh, okay. So they like. So he didn't do it? No, him and him and Harry, they had to like be really careful because they were like slipping all the time. But I think it took a little, it sounded longer like it took it a little longer to shoot, but um, he's just like, I wouldn't dream of it, putting on a harness. Wow. And I just thought Hats that was Hats off to you, awesome. man. That's cool. <laughs> And then speaking of that scene, I have this long quote about it, um, about Dumbledore's ring of fire. Okay. Um, noted that the effect would look as if someone sprayed po- propane and then lit it. Um, this is the VFX guy. I forgot um, to credit him. Oh, I think it's Chris Harveth. Um, he said, we did a lot of research on molten volcanoes, which have a lot of heat going on, but no actual flames. And collected a bunch of other references, including flares that burn underwater, and showed them to the Potter folks. The visual effects team emulated those six fire parameters. Heat ripples, smoke, buoyancy, viscosity, opacity, and brightness. Since the whole fire scene was very time-consuming, computer graphics artist Chris Harveth spent eight months finding a faster way to conjure flames. So... That's why it looks so good. Spent eight yeah, months on it. That. That's one of the best CG flame things I've ever seen. Yeah. And in the in the behind the scenes where you see Harry and Dumbledore, they do have some flames on set, but it's nothing like what you see in the uh-huh. movie. It's um, just as an aid. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd say even the flames at the beginning of the movie when the Death Eaters put a ring of fire around the Weasley's house. Oh, yeah. That looks, looks really pretty good. good. I'm sure a lot of that is practical. Um, but then of course, More like, than like the aerial shot, probably not, but yeah. like the stuff where the actors are about actually the there. fire snakes, um, the fire snakes, there were fire snakes. Oh in that I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't practically do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have, so, so that was from Wikipedia, that quote, Kay. um, I just want to credit where credit's due. Um, Wikipedia, where they get credit from everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for the most part, I try and double check everything. Yeah. Um, but that quote, I was like, this is way too specific yeah. for someone to have made this up. Um, so we have our annual Ebert quote. And do you want to guess how many stars out of four he gave it? Or do you want me to just two and a half? Three. Wow. So he gave it, I think that's more than the last movie. So he has accepted the seriousness to some degree. Well, he said this about it. He said, I admired this Harry Potter. It opens and closes well and has wondrous art design and cinematography as always. Only more so. I'm just beginning to realize how beautiful this place is, Harry sighs from a high turret. The, the middle passages spin their wheels somewhat, hurrying about to establish events and places not absolutely essential, but the, those scenes may be essentially valued... Uh, sorry. But those scenes may be especially valued by devoted students of the Potter saga. They may also be the only ones who fully understand them. Ordinary viewers may be excused for feeling baffled some of the time. Does that feel accurate to you? Um, I didn't find too much where I was like, oh, I don't understand what's happening in this movie. I yeah. actually felt like this one... Pretty straight line. Was more. It was easier to understand than the last movie. Yeah. Um, 
But I do get what he's saying where it's like it a lot of the movie does feel like it's setting stuff up and it's not yeah. actually like doing anything with those setups. Yeah. Um cuz they're setting it up. Yeah. But um I I don't think it's necess- I, I think they do a pretty solid job of all of that. Um it doesn't feel like as we've discussed in previous episodes like some of the Marvel setup stuff has been a little lunky where you're like wait we have to wait like 5 years for a payoff on this thing but it does make it fun to rewatch it's it's hard but, too cuz Dumbledore dies in this one and you can't what? just like you just can't like let's say that this book didn't exist and let's say he dies in Deathly Hollows mm-hmm. that is way too many to like big moments sure. you know yeah. so it's like you do you, I I think that you do need to dedicate a book slash movie to like the the events surrounding that, mm-hmm. and I think we've kind of discussed a little bit this this one like it's hard too because it is definitely a setup for what's to come. But if let's say you take this this story away, you'd be so confused. Like yeah. this is a necessary thing currently because I've said like that I. All, each movie's better than last. Like that's my opinion on the whole uh-huh. thing. Right now, this is my favorite one. Wow. And then tomorrow, like next month, it might be a different one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it currently, right now, this like I watched this one not that long ago from when we watched it. Yeah. And it still is just like I think. Oh, I remember you texting me about it. Yeah. And you were just like going off about. How it's good just it is. I think it looks the best. I mean, I think the other two, the the next two look just as good as this one. Uh huh. But looks the best. Um, I love anything that has to do with Snape. So yeah, this this, this like you're really starting to even more understand Snape, mm-hmm. and then like it's just crazy character development. Even the high school drama. Like I think the high school drama is good in this Very movie. well handled. It's not like Goblet of Fire where you're yeah. rolling your eyes. And I think that if they didn't get a good Tom Riddle for this one, I probably would not like it as much. And do you want to know something about the boy who is cast as Tom Riddle? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because I forgot. Well, let me just say, so uh, unbelievably great. Yeah. And he's barely in the movie. Yeah, he does I, a great I job. He, I don't know. He captures it. He captures so it. So the guy who played Tom Riddle in Chamber of Secrets said, I will totally come back and do it. And they were like, but you, You're too now old. he's 30, like by yeah. the time they were filming this movie. Um, it was John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in this movie, they were like, okay, we got to cast someone. And they did f- cast two people. Oh, right. They, oh, but so I, I don't I know, know which one You're talking one about the older which. one. I think oh, so. Well, yeah, just I'm say pretty it. sure it's the older one, but I might have to check. Um, one of one of the two, mm-hmm. um, Tom Riddles, is uh, the nephew of Ray Fiennes. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? Can you look it up? Um, I, I'll look it up when you start your thing. Oh wait, um, we just but uh, find him. Well, he probably doesn't have the same last name. No, I know, but. Um, but uh, they did claim, though, they were like, we didn't hire him because of that. We hired nepotism. him because he was a good actor. So that's the that's the deal there. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I found a young kid. Yeah. Last name's Tiffin. Tiffin. Well, okay. You start doing the cast and I'll look this up while you do that. Okay. Now I have to go back to it. Who is that? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to start off with Jim Broadbent, who plays Professor Horace Weasley, or Weasley, <laughs> Slughorn. Um, he is in Gangs of New York. Wow. The Iron Lady. He's in Doolittle, but so is the rest of Hollywood. 
King of Thieves, Paddington too. He is the store, the like thrifts, not thrift, like antique store owner and Paddington people. Go watch Paddington. He's also in Game of Thrones. He's in Mary and the Witch's Flower. Cool. So which one's the 11 year old uh, Tom the, Riddle? The young one. The, so that's Ray Fine's nephew. Oh, <laughs> not as exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> Although that kid is also seriously amazing and we'll get into it. But um, cool. Okay, so that is Jim Broadbent with none of Micah's commentary over it because he was on his phone looking for podcast okay, related things. thank you. Yeesh. And then I'm not sure if I've done one gone over her before, uh, but Bonnie Wright plays Ginny Weasley. She's more in this movie, so I'm just going to give her her due, I sure, guess. Sure, sure. Um, she's in British stuff as well as Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> and does not look like it expounds from there. We did Helena last time. We did do the HBC. I'll just briefly touch on this person. Helen McCrory, who plays um, Malfoy's mother, Narcissa Malfoy. She's in The Queen, The Count of Monte Cristo, apparently. Whoa, the Jim Caviezel one? Yep. Whoa. Peaky Blinders. She's in the Loving Vincent movie that we need to watch still. Oh, yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. I've never really seen her outside of this. Cool. And then we have Freddie Struma, who plays Cormac McLaggen, who's the one that's trying to get Hermione the whole time. Mm. Just, he's not enough. I'm going to mention. He's in Pitch Perfect. Oh, wow. So I'm going to stop there. <laughs> um, okay. And then we have Jesse Cave, who plays Lavender Brown, uh, who's obsessed with Ron. She's in Pride. She's also in Trollied. She's in Black Mirror and British stuff. Oh, man. Frank Delane. What a terrible IMDb profile picture. Oh, no. What happened? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's. Oh, I don't. I think he's going going for a Johnny Depp look. Yeah. Also, he is obviously wearing a ton of makeup. Yeah. In Harry Potter. Plus, it's uh, edited for the flashback feel. Yeah. But he's very pale. By the way, uh, speaking of the cinematography, the flashbacks, I the way they differentiate how they look is really well done. The lighting and then kind of the, I think... Hazy outline. Yeah, the hazy outline. Because sometimes flashbacks in movies, you're like, okay. You know what? I wonder... This, these look so good. I, I wonder like if them. they were focusing on... Because, you know, it's, it's pretty hazy on the outline, like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if they're, like, trying to think of, like... When you think of memories, it's you only see it's tunnel vision. Yeah, and that's how it looks as tunnel vision. Totally, because it's also especially they're looking at Slughorn's memory, uh-huh. so it's just like what he saw and his yeah. perspective, and then he edited his perspective. Uh huh. Pretty interesting. Well, and and I think they were also modeling the fact that Harry's looking in water because it, it kind of has point too. that look like a smoky water look. So this guy is the star. Well, unless he died. I don't really watch this show. Not really. I don't. But he's in Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, he's up there with Top Cast. And wow, that's just crazy. So I did not watch Walking Dead. I've only seen the first two seasons. But my family was really into Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So when they announced the spinoff show, my family's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. We're going to watch it debut night. Mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah. And I watched it with them because I was like, maybe I'll get in on this one. This will be the zombie sure. thing I get into. Fun fact, people. Jordan really likes zombie stuff. Really doesn't like Walking Dead. And a lot of zombie stuff. Uh, if anyone wants to know my zombie opinions on movies, ask me sometime because I'm not going to get into it today. <laughs> but 
Are there any series of movies that? Oh, I guess, um, I guess the original zombie, like George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. That one's good. The book. What's that book? Uh, warm bodies. Warm bodies. Love warm bodies. No, I, but I was. Thinking, I remember liking the movie. Is there too. anything that we would cover? And Zombieland Night of the Living Land, Dead. If they make a third one. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead's a possibility that okay. we could cover that. Did you see uh, Thomas Middleditch's post today? Yeah, his a picture of him in the Spoiler makeup. Spoiler alert stuff. for us. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, he turns Whatever. into a zombie. But yeah, I'm trying to think of. I'll think about it later. It's not about zombies right now. He's also in In the Heart of the Sea. Who are you Sense talking eight, about right uh, now? Frank Delane, Tom Riddle, teenage boy. Oh, okay. Uh, he's also in hmm, British stuff. And then <laughs> I think, wait a second. Who is that? What? So, okay, so the guy who's in The Witch, the dad, who's also in Game of Thrones, and you can't understand a word he says. Cause, yeah, apparently he's in Harry Potter. That makes sense. Amos, a- Amy Sis. Is he no- one of the Death Eaters? I mean, he's gotta be, right? Yeah, I mean, with a voice that low, you gotta be. That's crazy. I'm gonna be looking for him in the next movie. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking for him. I'm gonna him. be looking for him. <laughs> and then I'm just gonna call it that. Oh, that's a terrible picture. Anyway, let's get into the movie. Okay. The movie begins, as I think I said on all 42 episodes of this show, I think I go, the movie begins. Baden. Baden. Uh, quiet. There's a Warner Brothers logo. There's a hush against uh, across the crowd. People are... Okay, Mike. Okay. I don't remember the beginning We're in a scene. subway. Subway, that's right. Um, well, well, there's, yeah, and then uh, there's that scene where Harry's in the um, diner, right? Mm-hmm. In the subway station. Yes, and the this girl kind of they kind of have she a, hits on him. Come yeah. on, kind of, actually a good scene. Yeah, like the acting's pretty. That kind of stuff is hard to pull off mm-hmm. for the most part, and it works, I mm-hmm. think. And she's seen him read a newspaper and stuff, and you see like, oh, and she makes a comment of like, I swear I saw the pictures moving for a second. Yeah, and and you can tell right away that with this because it so at the beginning of the movie we see like here's a girl here's a prospect for harry of a future right and then right away dumbledore comes in and he grabs his wrist and they get whisked away and you kind of see like part of his growth in this movie along with the last movie but i think in this movie is he is like he's not like a refusal of the call Mm -hmm. kind of um trope but he you can see that he is not like he's accepting that he's the chosen one and he's He's okay with that, but he doesn't want that. Yeah. He doesn't want to be he the wants, chosen. He wants a normal life. He wants normalcy. So um, I like that about this movie a lot. It's, yeah. Uh, that part is good. And then Dumbledore whisks him away. To a neighborhood. Yeah. And they walk up to this house that has clearly been broken and disheveled. And, and I thought this was cool because every movie there's a new teacher. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see him recruiting a new teacher and this it's time. So fascinating that they go into this house that's all disheveled and broken into, and they find out that Slughorn made it like this uh-huh. because so they find Slughorn in a chair, like we talked about, really cool effect. Yeah. Immediately, this actor is like, "I know who Slughorn is. That's me." Like, yeah, like yeah. he is just doing so well with the acting first time we see him. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because so he was like, "The Death Eaters have been at me." like for for a while now so mm-hmm. he's like i don't stay anywhere longer than a week yeah and so they put the house back together because he ruined the house to like so yeah, no one would come yeah. looking for him and there. this was a fun so we're six movies in and this has another moment where you're like whoa that's cool yeah because the whole room reverses 
like all the destruction that happened. And when it's happening, there's a few things that are practical. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the chandelier was. It did not look fake, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Go very, ahead. Very cool. I, oh, and I love that touch where there's a piece under yeah. Harry's foot, and it's wiggling, 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 and then it gets out from under his foot, and yeah. then it's done. Yeah. Nice touch. They're not losing, like, the charm of the series. No. That, that like, proves it, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that... So, going back to the actor who plays Slughorn, I feel like he he is kind of acting purposely, like, a, a little bit of a... Not confused, but, like, an old guy that's not really, like... Yeah. Like, that's very all over the place. That's how he's playing, but it almost seems deliberately, like... He's trying to avoid things. Uh-huh. So he's like, Dumbledore, don't even ask. I'm not coming back to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore doesn't even say anything. He asks to use the bathroom, the loo. Yeah. Um, best Dumbledore performance. This movie? Yeah. This yeah. one's the best Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, and Harry disc- uh, learns that um, Slughorn taught his mother, and he was one of her favorite. She was one of his favorite students. Mm-hmm. And he showed, showed him some pictures. And then um, Dumbledore comes back and is like, can I take this magazine? Because they're in a muggle's house. So it's like a magazine Very on quilting. thing. Um, and Silicorn is kind of like, oh, you're not going to ask me to come back to Hogwarts? And he's like, no, I see a lost cause. I know a lost cause when I see it. And they're leaving. And Slughorn's like, you better give me back. Give me this person's office. Don't give me that water closet from last time. Yada, yada, yada. So they get him. Yeah. And then... Dumbledore says, Harry, you're sorry. You're not going on that day with that girl. You're, you, you were going back to school, buddy. We're, yeah. or we're going back. So Harry, then we go to Diagon Alley. Is that, Oh, that was the beginning of the movie where there was a death oh, eaters yeah. flying around and they destroyed Ollivanders and kidnapped him. Very, um, I was wondering, um, so I guess Iron Man came out the year before, so I wouldn't say that we're at like the peak superhero at, at by any means. It's crazy that we're so far into Harry Potter and Marvel is just starting now. Yeah, this that's, is that's only crazy. a year after crazy. the first Marvel movie. I mean, of course we have like Spider-Man before this and stuff, but the dis- kind of the Death Eaters going through the city and destroying it, I was like, oh, this is like, a sh- like I thought to myself like, oh, this is post-Avengers, like, because this is them like, oh, we got to like do that thing, even if it's subconscious, but, um, it's not. So I was, that was kind of interesting. I think the rest of the movie didn't fall into the formula of the superhero. So you can tell that it isn't that influenced by it. I'm really curious if fantastic beast is going to be a little more superhero stuff. Like, like big battle at yeah. the end where like civil, like, you know, a, a, a city's being destroyed and they have to stop it. And, uh, you know, oh, interesting. I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that. Um, Never thought about it like that. Yeah. Cause you know, blockbusters kind of, they find certain things and even when they're different, a lot of times if they're in the same period, you're like, you know, you can look at like the, the 2000 teens, the tens mm-hmm. and a lot of them, even movies that aren't superhero and shouldn't have done that do like a superhero-esque plot Mm -hmm. a superhero-esque action sequence and everything is like just copying Mm -hmm. superheroes and you look through that and that's why like if a if something like from what i could tell from the men in black international trailer Mm -hmm. it looked like they were like okay now we're doing superheroes but it's men in black yeah but that's not what men in black is so no one went and saw it because they were like i can watch subconsciously they're all like i can just watch avengers endgame again i don't have to watch another movie that's a pale imitation of it yeah so 
Anyway, winter essay being published. Um, I think uh, what? Well, this is coming out February. <laughs> no, okay. Um, I do. Way to remember that though, because that is the beginning of the movie. You're seeing Death Eaters um harming the world, or I guess maybe not the world. The world's not the right word, but like yeah. London, like Muggles. Mm-hmm. They're they're like causing change, mm-hmm. um, which is just all foreshadowing. Um, okay. Harry is then taken to the Weasleys. Another very charming scene. Yeah. That really cool shot of them all because the, the Weasley house is very tall. So you got some really cool shots. They, I feel like they play around with their house layout oh, yeah, a lot. Oh, yeah. There's that insane shot. Yeah. And, and um, I guess seeing now that it was nominated for Best Cinematography, you're like, yeah, where they're like, where Jenny is downstairs. Mm-hmm. And then like. Her, her, her mom, mom it's like an angled shot on a staircase and her mom pops her head up and she's like where's harry and then ron and you, right there you were like i don't know when ron popped out you're yeah, like ron pops up and he it's the same shot and he's in a different location like a story higher and you were like this is a cool shot and then they top it all off with hermione who's yeah. like three stories high and it's all this one shot and they're all just in these nicely composed yeah like it's a very gorgeous framed, shot very it's so well cool. framed yeah but th- now we're a Ginny. yeah okay so I, so, think, I think maybe the best way to discuss this movie is to kind of pick characters, kind of run through their thing, and then and then hit the plot kind of as we go, but maybe skip around. That's what I'm thinking, because sure. this is a pretty... Character-based movie. Yes. Or development. So Ron so, is not the person I meant to say. Ginny. Ginny. We're at Ginny. Yes. <clears throat> this is the same actress for movie one. Now, oh, she's in the first movie. Yes. Okay. She's she, she oh, is like not old scene. enough yeah. to go to Hogwarts yet. Yeah. But yes, it is the same actress. Now, if we look at it this way, not all of these kids can be knockouts. No. You're gonna get a few bad eggs. Unfortunately, people, Ginny's the bad egg, and it sucks because she's she ends up with Harry, and you're like, oh boring. So in the move in the books, she's like so cool and badass. From what oh, I remember, really? oh. very, very like hot headed and like outspoken and I'm like hot headed. Totally. She sings that all the time in the books. So uh-huh. You can like hear it. Um, Not a song, by the way. <laughs> it was kind of hot blooded by, by foreigner. It was sort of hot blooded by foreigner, oh, I but get it. I, I didn't go full, full foreigner. By the way, foreigner has a song called hot blooded and cold as ice. Kind didn't of interesting. Both of them. Wish that they would have done a temperature concept album. Go ahead. Remember me to tell you something cool I read about Little Women the, the later. The movie? The uh, kind of. Yeah. Um anyway. So so Ginny <laughs> Bonnie Wright is a bum bum. She is flat. And I, by flat I don't mean physically. I mean just like she is so boring. She she's just not a good actress i'm sorry she just does not have convey a good performance where she she is just like one she's one note very much the whole time and they they, i don't and i don't it's just it's just a bad egg and it sucks because i feel like sometimes she comes off as weirdly sexual and i don't think that's Uh, intentional yeah the scene when they're in the room of requirement and they're hiding the book and she kisses him and she's like, I could hide up here if you want to. And it's like, gross. No. 
weird weird insinuation and i know they don't mean it but delivery I'll, I'll and cut stuff that out too oh gosh <laughs> but like it's just weird it feels weird to me uh-huh. and maybe it's because i've seen this person as a child i don't know but like you know in the i first don't movie, i don't i'm not agreeing with you on this part of it the rest i am yeah but i yeah. hope i don't have to <laughs> she's just yeah she's just boring to me she doesn't provide anything and that's really all i have to say about it so now it's my turn on okay. her. Um, I I don't feel like she's quite as bad as as like like she's not the worst thing in the world. But everyone else is so good, she looks worse. You know. Yeah. Um, I I was thinking when this movie started, uh, that it's like it just feels a little out of left field that they start liking mm-hmm. each other because mm-hmm. she's been not really part of the story maybe she was a little maybe bit maybe that's also part of it where it's like hey who said you could be here you're just a little sister yeah but i will say i think the movie does do a pretty good job of finally by the end of the movie you're like okay i see where this is headed because me as a non-book reader i'm just kind of like oh i thought he would have wound up with hermione like because she's the main girl and he's the mm. main guy yeah and this is a you know, quote children's story. I, I never felt that about Hermione and Harry ever. Yeah. Even I had like seen the movies before the books and never felt that way. I kind of feel like Ginny. Well, little, it's not set up. At no, all. I know. I know. Yeah. But I, I just feel like, I, I just know that a lot of people are like, think that it's supposed to be Harry, Harry and Hermione, but, um, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, I think I just thought that when I hadn't seen the sh- the movies, um, I, uh, no, no. This time when I've been watching it, I'm like Luna Lovegood. That's the girl. That's what I oh, thought she, to myself. Her and Neville, man. But, but well, what I'm saying is, me. as someone who d- is not familiar with the source material, I watched the movies and I'm like, oh yeah, it's Luna Lovegood for sure. Hey, she would be a better option. I also feel like Ginny's a little convenient. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, so they, th- yeah, they throughout the movie are kind of attracted. There's some will they, won't they? I don't think they play it too hard, so it's not like. No. They don't. It's not too bad. Um, during the scene where they're up looking at the mirror, I played um, High and Dry by Radiohead because that scene felt very 90s alternative rock to me. And I played a Natasha Bedingfield song. Yeah, and we kind of had... Pocket full of sunshine. We had a little right? laugh. We had a laugh. Uh, had a laugh. That's not very British. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, so that's them too. That's their romance. Well, obviously, this is not ruin the movie for me. If I said that this is currently my favorite one, doesn't ruin the movie. I, it's just kind of like, uh, whatever. I'm glad these scenes aren't that long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- I guess doing the character thing isn't going to make any sense. So let's go back. We're at the Weasley's house. They're attacked by Death Eaters. Um, the, they, I, they ruined the Cinematography is pretty cool. Because it's like, it's a shaky cam. Yeah. Like, I really like the use of shaky cam in this series. Because it hasn't really happened until The Order of the Phoenix. And um, in that bo- both that movie and this movie, it's it's used so selectively that it really makes you go like, oh, oh no, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And in this scene when they're running through the cornfield, it it's like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I'm kind of freaked out. Yeah, it looks good. And just to jump past, they... They uh, destroyed the Weasley's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we go to Diagon Alley. Yeah. I and think. this is when we see Draco. Mm-hmm. Draco with his mom. Oh, I guess maybe b- before this happens, though, we are we see um, Bellatrix and Narcissus. Nar- Narcissus? I don't I know, know how you say your name without saying 
a narcissist. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that's the point of her name. Oh, uh, yeah. Malfoy's see, mom. So they, yeah, they go to, to Snape's house and um, pretty much are like, without without saying anything, just like, you know, something weird uh-huh. and bad is going on and it involves Draco. And they've come to Snape as like, can anything be done? Mm-hmm. And Snape's like, no, if the Dark Lord has asked him to do it or has, has ordered him to do it. He will do it or he will die. And I think because they're so blase about yeah. like Snape just showing up and he's like talking to the Death Eaters and he's being a bad guy, it, it, there's just this kind of moment where you're like, what? What? Yeah. Wait, wait, because you've been setting him up to be a bad guy this whole time and you're like, but it's been five movies. He's not a bad guy. Not only that, and then he this does movie, the like the whole movie. You're like, oh, I, I guess he is a bad guy. And not only that, he does the unforgivable uh, promise the, thing. The unforgivable un. Unbreakable. Un- unbreakable promise yeah. thing. Sorry. Um, where if he, if, if Draco can't carry out this thing, Snape will do it. And if Snape does not do it, he will die. Yeah. So it is further of like, huh? Uh-huh. And he still don't know what it is. So. Yeah. So that's kind of nuts. Um, and then, and then we, we get, we're very suspicious of Draco. Mm-hmm. And the Weasley brothers have a really cool shop and they don't go to Hogwarts anymore. The shop's cool. Why do they need it when their business is booming? Really? Yeah. That that's a, especially why I describe it. Watch it. Super creative, fun mm-hmm. effects. And then, but you also see that they're like the only business thriving because the rest of Diagon Alley is like bare and desolate yeah. ever since Ollivander had been kidnapped. Uh-huh. And then, as you said, Harry Ollivander. I hardly know her. Harry, Ron, and Hermione. <laughs> see draco and they're like oh he looks a little suspicious and they're going down nocturne alley into the shop and they're like what what's going on so they climb up on the roof and look into the window and they just see him in there and we are introduced to grayback gray who is a he's a cage fighter um, or at least he was before the movie and um uh i yeah he's he was a cage fighter looks like a cage fighter yeah and um okay so now can we be on hogwarts train Right and discuss that. Fenrir. The, the train? Yes. Because we're on the train, and uh, um, Ron is getting some looks from people. He's starting to uh, grow up, and girls are starting to like him, because isn't there the little... Lavender. Yeah, Lavender. Is, doesn't she show up on the train, and she kind of... No, she's in the shop. She's in the George and oh, Fred's shop, yeah. and she's like, hi, Ron. Yeah, but she does a a heart on it. That's on there. way later in the movie, Micah. Oh, it when is when they're dating. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, on the train, there's two. There's Harry spies on that. Draco, and Draco like attacks him mm-hmm. after the train empties. And I thought that was like a dream sequence or something. Oh, because really? When he kicks him, it, oh, doesn't it look bad? It's very vi- and the, the, it, the sound effect is nuts. Yeah, it. it lo- I thought that Harry did some sort of spell that. Um, like he escaped and then like a clone of him was created because he he looks dead. Well, because and he, no, I no, no, think Micah, I think it was like a little too much. He for petrified this movie. him. He petrified him. That's why he looks like that. Oh, so okay. then I, that probably him petrifying that uh, might have saved Harry's life from falling and being kicked in the face. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, was, like, because the fall looks like he could snap his neck on anything in that fall. Well, and then when he kicks him, I mean. It's yeah. a little bit violent. I, know. I mean, that coupled with like the unforgivable or the unbreakable um, promise, 
you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but this it, is it, like in a way, I mean, like they consciously made those choices. So you're yeah. like, man, this is like really serious, this yeah. movie. Like anything that's going on. Also, Tom Felton, Draco, incredible performance in this movie. He looks yeah, he finally, so like, tortured, but quietly tortured. The thing Most I will the say, though, the, the bummer for me about Draco, I feel like he does a good job on all the movies. This one especially. But I, for the most part, his dialogue just isn't there. Okay. Because it's like every time... You think time, it's what was written or how it's delivered? It's No, I think he does a good job delivering it okay. in all the movies. But uh, in the first two, it's, it's more fun, I think. But from three to six, it's always like... It's always like he sits down and he's like, oh... Hogwarts, what a place for stupid idiots. Man, Dumbledore sucks. And you're like, okay, does he not have any normal, like is, you know, it makes him kind of one dimensional. Yeah. And the reason he's only two dimensional in this movie is because he's good at acting. Like if he wasn't good at acting, you'd be like, man, I hate this character. And I I think this is also reflection of good writing, good acting and good directing. But like, I think it's cool that like, so, you know, Draco's chosen by Voldemort to kill Dumbledore and it's kind of like, oh, gee, I didn't see that one coming. It's so obvious that it's almost like, could maybe he have picked someone else? Mm-hmm. But then the, and I think it's because it was written so well where it's like, of course it's Draco. Yeah. Yeah. He's the bad, he's been the bad kid all along. And what's wonderful about it is he looks so tortured about it because mm-hmm. he knows it's wrong and he can't even do it. Yeah. Like, that, I think that's the twist out of everything. Yeah. It's like, yes, of course it's Draco. No one was ever going to question that. But he couldn't do it. Well, and I think some of the character choices that JK made for this series are very simple. Mm-hmm. And it's actually because the series plot is so convoluted. It's it nice. actually is kind of like, oh, I'm glad Draco is just Draco. Yeah. Like, I don't have to, like, overthink. I don't have to wait for, like... I, I can maybe expect, and don't tell me because I don't remember, like, I can maybe expect some sort of redemption. Yeah. But he's like Darth Vader right now. I don't yeah. I don't have to worry about him, like, like having, you know, it, yeah. it makes it a little easier because it's also yeah. so many characters And you know, well. too, like, this is the sixth movie, so we've had a lot of, a lot of movies and books already. Yeah. And it's like Draco's always been the bully. And it's kind of like, you probably could have written him out at, at yeah. some point. But at the same time, we needed to remember who he was. Because of this movie. Yeah. And, and I think, who knows, but I'm wondering if for a couple books, she didn't know this was going to happen. She was just like, that's Draco and he will always be that for that. Mm-hmm. And then she's getting close to the book, this book and she's like, oh my gosh, I can use him. And yeah. it's not weird. Or yeah. out of left field. Which, by the way, I think a couple episodes we talked about her and, and we, we theorized maybe she didn't have the series as fleshed out as is kind of like the mythology. Saw an interview with her and Daniel Ratcliffe just talking together. And, um, after the Deathly Hollows was done and she, she kind of, cause he asked her like, how much did you have figured out? And she said that she had like the, the story fleshed out, but a lot of the specifics as she was writing changed. Cool. So like, for example, in the last movie, she just had like certain people where she's like, oh, this person's going to die. This person's going to die. Then when she got there, she's like, no, that doesn't make sense. It needs to be this person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like yeah. that. So um she had the skeletons yeah it sounds like she had the idea and and you know probably like the horcruxes and all that stuff like figured out but um anyway just to kind of close that box because we opened it a couple episodes ago that's good podcasting people you got to stick with us okay (laughs) 
Um, People are probably so bored. Right now, I think it's a good time to plug our podcast. Um, oh. And you should, uh, please, just show some friends. Let's keep growing. Write a review. I know that there are more than 11 people that listen to this, but we only have 11 reviews. So that's a little confusing to me. We mm-hmm. have much more than 11. Mm-hmm. So why don't we get a couple more fingers tapping those keys, baby? Tell me what which one's your favorite Harry Potter movie, your favorite Marvel movie, your favorite Mad Max movie, your favorite Shrek movie, your favorite Toy Story movie. Yes, and your favorite... Oh, you thought I was going to slip up, listener. Nuh-uh-uh. You don't know what our next series is, except for a couple of you that have found out. I'm gonna rock your socks off. Yeah, we have a whole... Like we have, so we this have series we're, within we're in, series. We're in our next Marvel phase, pretty much. Yeah, but here's the thing, folks. We have we have like a four season arc of this show going on. That is like one larger story that is told through four different franchises that we're covering, back to back to back to back. But and I am so excited about it. Unless we get ten patrons and they choose something else. Then we will sidebar. That's the only way it could happen. Yeah, and that's a good time to say www.patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Get your podcasts early. A couple weeks ago, we did an Oscar special that only podcast, only patron listeners got. <laughs> but only podcast listeners. <laughs> no, no, only only um, patron listeners got. It was an exclusive episode where we discuss all of our opinions about the Oscars, who we want to win, who we think is going to win, stuff like that. So um, funny enough, we haven't recorded it yet. As um, of this recording. As of this recording. But by the time you're hearing it, it's recorded and it's out. And it's getting critical acclaim. You got to listen to this thing. The critics are being criticized. All you got to do, it's five bucks, okay? Even if you just want the one Micah, episode. Can we talk about the movie? Yeah, we can. Okay. <sighs> Fine. Where are we? Okay, so we're at Hogwarts. Uh, more A lot of the like, welcome back, guys. We're at Hogwarts. We're going to set up stuff. Yeah. Harry and... <laughs> <laughs> Great Harry and, description, I know. Jordan. Um, McGonagall tells Harry and Ron to go to potions class. Yeah. Uh, so they go, and that's what Slughorn is teaching. That's right. So the new professor is not the dark arts teacher. That is finally Professor Snape. You did it, buddy. You did it. And, oh, my gosh, Alan Rickman in this movie is we so no. incredible. We'll have a moment. He is so good. He just... He, it's like he has a sucker in his mouth, and every sucker is a word. And he finishes the sucker, then he says the next but word. But on his terms, then you he know? Does, because he speaks. There's no like indulgence here. This. But it's not boring. You're just like, man, he just is doing it. Yeah. I love it. Um, um, okay, but... Potions class and the book. Let's talk about yeah. the book. Harry gets his hand, his grimy little fingers on the, <laughs> <laughs> the potions book with the name inside saying this is the property of the half-blood prince. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the title of the movie. What's going to happen? Yeah, and I forgot who the half-blood prince was. And so I was like, okay, so it's Tom Riddle or something like that. Oh, duh, but not. Because I, I thought like, okay, you know, he has half his blood now or something so <laughs> the the important part of the book is it has all these special little recipes to like like corners to cut to be a good potion master mm-hmm. so harry's like the best in the class therefore and hermione's kind of pissed hermione's because... pissed but therefore slughorn really likes harry because yeah. because he's like top of the class not only that he's harry potter and he wins a lucky charm he wins the the lucky charm yeah that's got a little leprechaun in it yeah um okay that happens and then i'm just gonna blast to quidditch tryouts even though we might be skipping over some stuff ron is trying out for the keeper 
Yes. And he is going up against Cormac McPlabblah. McCarthy, yeah, the author not, of <laughs> Just <laughs> the imagine <road. laughs> that guy being in a movie like this. As a I, kid. I can just see that because the guy is so Western, I could like see him like not liking British people for some dumb reason. <laughs> he probably doesn't think that. But. One of my favorite authors, people. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to go back to what I think about zombies. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so... Hermione, so so Cormac is doing really well. Ron's doing pretty good. Wait, McCarthy? <laughs> and Hermione does a little charm under her breath that makes Cormac <gasps> do something Ooh, seems bad. like she likes Ron. Maybe. Um, and then Ron becomes Keeper. I mean, Harry's his best friend. Did we think he wasn't no. going to become Keeper? Oops. Okay, what happens after that? So um, we have that. Uh, so Ron, during this movie, I... So I... <sighs> You don't I, like his performance. No, no, I love his performance. I think he's fantastic in this movie. I just think, like, Ron has kind of, just a little bit. I feel like he's been just a little bit underserved from, like, sure. from like three on. Sure. Now, maybe not three, like, four and five. It's just, like, I want a little more Ron, like, his character development. And this movie's kind of fun because you're like, oh, I'm finally getting some Ron time. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my Ron on. Yep. And he he just is, like... It's the classic, I, I love this, like, the fact that he, uh, I guess I didn't realize how much I liked it until this moment, but. It's your favorite. It's the, no, he's not my favorite. My, oh. my favorite's Harry Potter. I mean. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're one of those With a close, a close second My favorite being, character's Luke. My favorite character's Frodo. Yeah, those are, those are them. Um, I mean, if I had to choose a different character, um, who's, oh, I mean, Umbridge. I love Umbridge. I don't know who my favorite Star Wars character is. Yeah, can you try and think of when it? When I was a kid, it was Jar Jar. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. But I think that I, that's was every kid's favorite. Yeah, I mean, he was written for us at that age. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna have to think on that. I mean, as far as the as uh, prequels, it's got to be it's got to be Qui Gon slash Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, regular movies. Wait, who's that? Um, Qui Gon Jinn is um Liam Liam Neeson. Yeah, he's just so great he's in that movie. Pretty cool. Um, but I mean Obi Wan. Is the best, which is Ewan. Yeah, uh, and then in the got to wear teeth thing. <laughs> in the stop talking about teeth. This he had, he's got a wear teeth thing going on. <laughs> then in the original series, um, it's Luke for me. Can't get enough of Han though. Are and R two D two is like the unsung hero. Well, he's not unsung. Everybody loves R two D two, but he's kind of the best out of like all the characters at the same time. And then in the new series, um. It's got to be Ray. I love Ray. Oh, but I I love I love Kylo too. They're both the best in those. Um, Kylo really did it for me in the last one. I just think I do really like Ray though. I just think Adam Driver's performance in all three movies is so it's so above like most performances in all of the movies. Like he is like as good as like the best Star Wars performances. And he he alone just elevates those movies. I do really He's like the, the cleaning ladies. Yeah, yeah, the little nun fish ladies. Yeah, they're like cool. Fish frogs. Those things are cool. And they get. I feel mad like Star Wars is hard for me because I I just like it. There's just so many creatures. Why would you pick a human? I know. You know, but of course, I don't know. I love in Rogue One, remember that white thing that was just walking around? And oh, we're like, oh, yeah. you're just going to create this thing and then just not focus on it for the rest of the movie? Yeah. Sure. Whatever, do it. You want Garth, whatever it, whoever Gareth it is, Edwards. Gareth Edwards. 
But Gosh. see, that's that's the beauty I know. of Star Wars is I know. that it's so full. That's my favorite part about it. But the I guess uh, I mean Yoda. <laughs> and, wait, about hang on, this? hang on. I just episode five Yoda when he comes in, one of the best like intros of a character. And then in the new in the um in the new series, the one that I really really like is um John Favreau's character in mm-hmm. Solo. Yeah, he's cool. Because I love I love his voice acting in it cuz he's going really hammy. Yes. It, but in such a fun way that you're just like, man, that is good. Yeah. I I love him a lot. By the way, I saw the other day on Instagram this artist post a painting that she did of Yoda. Uh-huh. Looks wonderful. So amazing. Is it the Mandalorian Yoda or No, Yoda. Yoda Yoda. Cuz because she said like like basically like Yoda's way better, something like that, but in a much, I'm paraphrasing like crazy. <laughs> and then she like, then she like posted it to her story and was like uh, the picture of Yoda again. And it's like, are we done fetishizing the youth or something like that? And I'm like, oh, you have a weirdly deep opinion about baby Yoda. It's a baby. Sorry that it's the cutest thing that's ever been made. It was weird. It was just kind of like, no, this is contrary for contrarian sake. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. And I never will. Yeah, like like yeah. that comment. Yeah. Just weird. But let's talk about Harry Potter. Well, I want to talk about baby Groot first. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're going back to Harry Potter. So Ron is like kind of a ladies man in this movie. And like girls are after him. And it's the classic One thing. One girl is after Two girls are Two after girls. Are, I don't know. It's just the way that the story's written and how yeah, he acts yeah. it. It's the classic thing where like someone who wasn't hot is hot all of a sudden and yeah. girls like him. Yeah. I just like how he plays it. He yeah. gets a love potion, and his acting in that scene is hilarious. Yeah. Like, him and uh, Harry, the way they're, like, bouncing off of each other, and um, he he almost dies, but we don't have to talk about that right no. now. But let's just kind of, like, talk about this thing, and then we'll cut back to another thing. So, their first Quidditch match. <laughs> it seemed Ron... like you were being, like, uh, like passive-aggressive, but no, I know no, you No, 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 I mean it. So, it's their their first Quidditch match, and Ron is just so freaking scared, and he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And then Harry pretends to put the lucky potion in it. I like that potion in That's it. always a So, fun it gives thing. him confidence, and, Ron, and Hermione's like, I can't believe you would... Do... Okay, then he wins. He does really well. And then Hermione's like, I can't believe you would do that. That's, that's cheating. And he's like, oh, just like what you did with making Cormac like oh yeah fail. and she's like that's different I don't know why I said it like that um and then you're seeing like everyone's cheering on Ron he's the guy of he's the be- the bell of the ball the bell of the ball and uh Lavender starts snogging him I almost said macking which is the American version of snogging snogging's a hilarious term and we should be using it all the time yeah so they start snogging like crazy. in the behind the scenes the actors say snogging it's, too yeah, so it's, it's like not a made thing up. I don't I don't get it but it's great it's yeah. so gross sounding too snogging well it reminds me of like like pigs or elephants like some, <laughs> something with like trunks or snouts or something like that okay so then hermione gets really upset and goes off alone to a quarter where harry follows her and i i think it's a really touching moment mm-hmm. when, when she's like how does it feel harry yeah, and he's I like, like what are you what are you talking about she's like when when you see Ginny with dean because Ginny's dating dean thomas yeah um and it's just it's just like I don't know. It's just so nice. I love how it's an empty corridor. I love how the moon is shining in through the windows. It it is like lit so beautifully. Yeah. And she has these like bird, like this bird charm going around, Mm -hmm. um, as if in a way to make her like feel a little bit like lighter and better. And then lavender and Ron come into the room and, and, lavender's just like, Oh, ha ha ha. Let's go find another room. And Ron can tell that she's upset. And he asks why. And then she, 
makes the birds like explode around him and it's like okay well it's obviously you're the problem you know and then you know harry's saying like this is how it feels feels yeah. just like how this. does it feel okay i just really like that moment it's a really good scene it's a very good scene it's yeah. just a good character development right there uh-huh. um, okay now let's cut back to okay. another let's do let's do i almost said gandalf let's do dumbledore harry and he who shall not be named let's cover that's that. what i'm doing right now let's do it i'm segueing so Oh, okay. You know what? I'm just going to go to bed. You finish (laughs) up. So Harry goes to Dumbledore's office and you see right out from the gate, but we saw this from the beginning of the movie. Dumbledore is asking Harry certain questions of like, oh, I've kind of noticed that you and Hermione have always been really good friends. Like what with that? And Harry's like, no, 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 just friends. And then, uh, sorry, Dumbledore makes another comment, like getting, trying to get to know Harry. And it's like, wow, this is really sentimental and very nice of him to like, he's being warm and like nice to Harry compared to the other movies a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. So then he shows Harry the first memory that Dumbledore ever has of Tom Riddle. Yes. So he is taken to an orphanage and it's a muggle. And it's Ray Fine's nephew. Did you know that? <laughs> a, a muggle orphanage. Yeah. Um, it's an MO. So there's this kid in this room and that you hear this woman like telling Dumbledore, like basic, basically he's disturbed yeah. pretty much. Um, and Dumbledore. And not like, not like the cool disturbed, like the band. He's like disturbed. No, I mean, right. (laughs) So, um, I dropped a disturbed reference. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So like we said, the memory sequences look very cool. The kid, um, is channeling something very dark, Mm -hmm. very good, troubled performance of a kid. Well, during that scene, they did a seance before to get the actor into the, okay. Um, although that's just so true. There's a Ouija board right on the desk. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, okay. So Dumbledore is telling it. So uh, Tom Riddle's like, <laughs> I, I, you're, you're breaking me. I'm broken. Um, Tom Riddle is saying like, I'm old. I'm different from all the other kids. Blah, 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 oh blah. Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> line we're going to cover. Yep. And then Dumbledore says, you know, I'm really different too. And the kid says, prove it. And he turns the wardrobe on fire with not even, not even lifting a finger. Dumbledore no. does. And he says, I, I think there's something in there that's yours. And he opens it and there's a little thing in there. Um, and you see, okay, Tom Riddle is found. Mm-hmm. And as Dumbledore is leaving, Tom Riddle's like, I can even talk to snakes, which is like, he's like, is that normal too? Or like, is that a thing? And Dumbledore's just kind of like, oh crap. But yeah. it doesn't say anything. Just, that was just a touch. Yeah. You want to take over the next memory? Yeah, so then the next memory, we have um, Slughorn's just um, messed up memory where where uh, Tom Riddle is asking about certain dark magic, and it, and it cuts off. And so, like, during the movie, um, Dumbledore is kind of trying to get Harry to find out what happened in that memory. And so when Harry takes his l- luck charm... Well, actually, it's kind of important first that Harry tries doing that. He tries talking to him about it. Like I was in the restricted section and Slowhorn just brushes him off. Yeah. And then he further brushes him off. And then someone tries giving Harry love potion to which Ron eats. Yeah. And he takes Ron to Slughorn and Slughorn cures him. And then they all celebrate over a drink. And Ron's the only one who drinks it and starts having a seizure and he's going to die. And then Harry saves him. Yeah. So 
that and we skipped over the other part but that's the second instance of um someone trying to infiltrate the school to poison dumbledore yeah Um, the first one being the necklace yes uh is the necklace one of the horcruxes where 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 did dumbledore get that horcrux it's off screen right the one that's like the the ring the ring yes off screen off screen as well as the notebook from the chamber of secrets well yeah but we saw that just oh that's right that's right but yeah the ring is off screen so uh, he got the ring he was looking for it he found it and then that's what like burned up his hands yes um did and he destroy it? Is that he a did. destroyed? He did. Um, and it's okay. interesting too. I think this is in the book and I hope I'm not making this up, but I, I feel like whatever. So he destroyed the Horcrux. That was the ring and it ruined his hand. Yeah. He's going to die from that anyway. So either oh. way he was, he's like terminal illness right now. Okay. So the fact that he that. died is just kind of like he was going to die anyway. Mm, okay. Thing. Um, so anyway, uh, Harry takes the luck potion. Mm-hmm. Um, he does some pretty good acting where he's just like, he's just being like confident mm-hmm. and things are just going his way, which is what the potion occurs. That's what happens. We find out that, um, what's the name of the spider? Aragog. Aragog died and it's a real spider again, the one from Chamber of Secrets, which on the one hand, it's kind of cool that like she is willing to like kill off like a cool thing. But on the other hand, I'm like, how come the spiders gotta die? That's like a that's like your eagles. Those gotta come in at the Battle of Deathly Hollows. But they weren't the spiders weren't good. No, no, I know. It's just like I know. it's yeah. just such a cool thing. The it, spider it, Aragog. Anything, it's such a bummer that it dies. But it's yeah, and whatever. it also shows like Hagrid's love for all these beasts that you mm-hmm. know, he's just cool. Yeah. Um and it, it gets slughorn down there because he extracts some of the venom. And then yeah. and then they mourn with Hagrid. Yeah, and it's it's actually a pretty sweet scene. I, I love, I love when yeah. uh, Slughorn starts talking about this fish that he had, and then yeah. it just magically disappeared one day. Magically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he they're just like, oh my gosh, it's so weird. Where could it have gone? And then Hagrid just passes out, and then Slughorn goes on talking about it. Oh, yeah, because they're drunk. Yeah, um, just Hagrid and Slughorn. But Slughorn's saying, like, yeah, just one day I got to my class, and there was this flower. And it sank into this fishbowl and right before it reached the bottom, it became a fish. And he was like, it was a lily flower. Yeah. From your mom. And I was like, I got a little emotional hearing about that. It was so good. No, very good. Um, So now. And then he he gives Harry his memory. He finds out the memory. And then this is when you find out like the glue of the series. This is what takes like the writing of the series from like, oh, this is really good and great. To like, oh, this is a great series because this is cool. Mm-hmm. And we find out that um, there are these things called horcruxes. And if you kill someone, you can put a piece of yourself in an item. So if you die, that piece still has you in and it. And you never die. And you don't die. Yeah, yeah. Unless all of those horcruxes are destroyed. Yeah. And so then Tom Riddle is in the dream. He's asking memory. memory. He's asking Slughorn, like, what if I did it in seven different places? Yeah. And the guy's like, isn't it bad enough to take one life? So he's really ashamed because he f- he feels like he gave him that knowledge. To then, like, feels responsible that he would kill people. Yeah, even though stuff. I yeah. kind of like 
the the that idea too because it's like i i personally i watched a movie and i'm like that's not your fault Mm -hmm. like you didn't cause those things you answered a question that you probably would have answered for anyone else that asked but i think it's one of those things too where he's just ashamed to have have known him yeah he's he's carrying the guilt which that's what i like about it yes like it does make sense that he would change the memory because he doesn't want to be associated with it yeah and and just to touch on the actor of tom who plays tom riddle at this age um like we've already said incredible job he does if, a good if job they didn't if they got someone that did half as good as him i think seriously it would have taken so much out of the movie yeah because it, it's the scene is that important uh-huh. and he just does all these little ticks like these little like really like chewing on words mm-hmm. of what someone and really listening i don't know just a really good, good job so we find that out and then uh dumbledore's like look at this book that you had so That's it confirmed, a it pretty much confirmed what Dumbledore had already started. Yeah. And so was he just looking for the, like, how do we, what, what? Okay. I haven't read the book in a really long time, so I don't remember that part. Okay. Sorry. But it's just like, he was just, maybe he stumbled upon it or like heard about it. And then he probably heard of the possibility of it. Yeah. You know? So he's like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And he probably would have done that. Yeah. You know? And so. And he probably this time, like trying to learn about Voldemort. And then basically we go, okay, so there's five horcruxes to go so then dumbledore goes harry i gotta ask you to do something again like i regret to do this because you're never going to be normal which is great hammers home the theme from the beginning and they go to this cave just the two of them really great set piece. and did you notice when so in the first memory with tom riddle at the orphanage there's this little picture in uh-huh. the room and it's of the cave Oh, so, so he was like, like searching the dreams, probably saw that and like found that memories. location or memories. Yeah. And yeah, that's very cool. Um, so they go there and um, it's very ominous. It's very dark. It's kind of creepy. It's not right. Very Minds of Moria. At yes. The, before they get all the way in. And I love the thing where Dumbledore like shoots his light orb mm-hmm. off of his wand and it like circles around and can help him see. Yeah. So then they go to the thing we mentioned earlier, the set they built, the ice yeah. thing. And on top of it is this um, liquid that mm-hmm. has to be drank. And then when it, once it's drank... It's a potion, but yeah. Um, it will... It's still liquid. No, I'm just... I'm, oh, I'm I thought you were correcting like, me. No, no, no. Just like wizard... Tur- like, <laughs> yeah. It's a concoction. And then it'll bring up one of the horcruxes, they believe. So they start drinking it. And beforehand, but Dumbledore, Dumbledore just says, yeah. says like... You have to make me drink this. It may paralyze me. It could even kill me. Don't listen to me. It's going to drive it's me like, mad. Even if I ask you to kill me, yeah. make sure I keep drinking it. So Harry does it. It's a struggle. It's sad. It's scary. Really good acting by Dumbledore. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. And he's going nuts, and they get the the Horcrux. Uh-huh. And then there are these creepy, like vampire baby things that come out of the water and attack them it's funny that that's how you think of it <laughs> they're gross they are but but they're i mean they're definitely cg but i like how they look it's a lot freaky it's uncanny valley yeah in the good way yes and i well. i saw that the the vfx people were like they they really wanted to make sure they created something that people wouldn't um get confused with zombies like they oh, didn't, I think they, they didn't want like a zombie, so well. a zombie, yeah. <laughs> a zombie image in people's minds. Well, it's, it's interesting because like, so clearly someone had been here and have like, has like created this, whatever this thing is and who it could have just yeah. been a normal cave before someone came in here, namely uh, Tom Riddle. Uh-huh. So it's like you, I just am curious of like, did he, was it a spell? Was it a 
potion? What what was it? The like, where where did all these things come from? Yeah. Did he just create? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. But it's also like, it's so wonderful that you'll never know. Yeah. And I don't want to know. No one tell me. Well, I bet. I don't want to know. I bet in uh, Fantastic Beasts three, they probably cover that. Um. So then they get it. They come back. And then do you want to take over while I go to the fridge and grab my kombucha for like the final scene, basically with all the wizards and Dumbledore. So they come back to the, the watchtower of Hogwarts and, uh, Dumbledore says, you need to leave right away, Harry. So, um, and he says, Harry, no matter what you do, just keep going. Like, do not stop. Do not try to help me. You need to leave. So Harry starts leaving, but he starts hearing some people coming up and he, he kind of gets under so he can get a good view from below that, but he won't be disturbed by anyone. And you see Malfoy coming up Draco yes, with a wand pointed at Dumbledore and he, he says Expelliarmus so that Dumbledore's wand goes away. And you already said Harry is told not to interfere. Yes. No, no matter what, do not interfere. Death Eater show up. And it's yes. not looking good. So it's like Bellatrix, Greyback, probably the giant guy from The Witch, um, other people. And, and she's like, you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to do it. And then Snape shows up. Well, but what's great is Harry's downstairs yes. and he's he's like about to use his wand. And then Snape points his wand and he, and he yes. puts oh, his yes, finger yes, yes, to yes. his mouth like, be quiet. And you're thinking like, okay, he's Snape's going to betray the Death Eaters. He was playing double agent. Oh, and before that scene, there was a scene where him and Snape... Um, Dumbledore and Snape were talking and Snape was like, are you sure about this? Because I yes. don't want to do this. Have you ever thought about that? And Dumbledore's like, you have to. Yes. And then you go down. So you're like, what is Snape's deal? Like, yeah. who is this? What I is know. he doing? So crazy. So, 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 so. Oh, wait, Cole. Crazy thing before this. Crazy thing before this. Earlier in the movie, Harry has been suspicious of Malfoy the whole time, obviously. And this whole time, like, how can Death Eaters get into Hogwarts when oh, and yeah. they've, they've conveyed very early on in the movie that there's basically a force field around it? And you can't disapparate on school grounds unless you're Dumbledore. So the whole time... No disapparation without representation. Duh. So in the room of requirement, there is... I forget what they call it, but it's some it's a cabinet. A vanishing cabinet. That's what it's called. It is. <laughs> Malfoy had been testing it all school year, and they got it to work, and that's how the Death Eaters got in. Because there, there's a sister cabinet in Nocturne Alley. They get through that. That's how they got there. Harry's the way been suspicious. They do, the way they show like the mystery of the portal um vanishing cabinet is very cool love it it it, it reminds me of the prestige yes, um, just that kind of like much. show don't tell yes and you gotta tr- and they're trusting us yeah to understand what's going trusting on trusting us to trust them because he puts like the birds in there and then yeah. they're gone and then they like fly out later yeah and it's like oh that's so interesting that's it weird it's cool so then harry like is chasing after malfoy at one point and they start fighting in a bathroom and Harry had seen the spell in the the potion book, the Half Blood Prince book, earlier on in the year, and he's like, "I've never heard of this spell before." And Hermione didn't even know what it was. Yeah, but he did it on Malfoy Sectum Sempra, and it was like it, you know, it got Malfoy, and he just started bleeding like crazy, and it was just it very well done, I think, because it's like one of the first time Harry is like, like I did this. Yeah, I did a, I hurt someone terribly. Yeah. So then that after that, him and Ginny go up to the room of requirement and hide the book because clearly there's bad stuff in this book and no one should have it. Yeah. Then, of course, the whole time you're like, who is this half-blood prince? Anyway, going back. So Snape tells Harry, shut it. And then he goes up there. And do you want to take that away? 
And and then, you know, there's an exchange and Snape kills Dumbledore. And it's slow motion and it's very sad and it is it is like what? I think. Um I think I'd seen the scene before I saw the movie cuz I think I wish like, I could go back to the first time I saw it cuz I don't remember what my reaction was. Yeah, cuz it's it's wild. Like he's a he's a character you don't expect to die. And also you I mean, I think because he is so Gandalf-like, you're like, okay, well, he'll be back in the next yeah, movie. Yeah, Like, reborn yeah. as, like, the newest wizard. Um, you know, because J.K. Rowling's so into um, Jesus metaphors. Oh, the, the professed atheist <laughs> is so into it. <laughs> um, well, she does have a chosen one narrative, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's um, an atheist, though. I know. I'm kidding. Um, but there is a chosen one narrative in the series. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, but there is. Um, I, I'm stuck. I'm actually stuck. So he dies, and Harry sees it, and then Harry attempts to kill Snape. He not kill him. He's like running after well, him. He, and he's like, he's. What did you do? What did you do? Then he does. He says, "Sectum sempra, sempra," and Snape d- deters it. And he goes, "Use my own spells just on me." The so well. The scene is well so well set. <laughs> so he's chasing after the Death Eaters. Really chasing after Snape. And it's one of those Harry being so mad he doesn't care what's happening right now and that he's yeah. putting himself in danger because the Death Eaters are right there to the point where um, Bellatrix gets him with a spell. Yeah. But the, she sets Hagrid's hut on fire. And the fi- it's just such a cool, well-lit scene. Uh-huh. All the light source coming from the fire. Yeah. I just I just love the way that it looks. So yeah, then Snape's like, you dare use my own spell on me. Then you find out he's the HP. He's the Half-Blood Prince. So you're just, it's interesting because I, I know the first time I saw this movie and read the book even was just kind of like, so what? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, I guess. Do you, it, do you it, feel it, that way? I do uh, to some extent, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess now that you mention it, put it that way, it is kind of like, okay, he's the Half-Blood Prince. Okay. Yeah, I think that um, I'm, I have, yeah, I, I feel like I, if I had read the book sometime soon, I would have had much more to say yeah. about all of it, but it is to me definitely a lot of like half-blood prince. Okay. He is not a full blood. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's see, like I, the Death Eater thing is being I pure. Will, I will say that I, see, I don't even, I don't even know what half-blood means. That's like not been explained in the movies. full blood. You know what I mean? I'm telling you right now. Like, like magic born? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, uh. Like Hermione's not a full blood. Okay. It, like we've said, it's kind of the the to me reminds me of Holocaust, World War II, Aryan blood. Sure. Stuff okay. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Um, which is stuff that has happened throughout human history, not just World War II. Yeah. Um, and it's the same ironic thing of Voldemort. He should not be named as not even oh, a full blood. You know what I mean? Say his name. So I, I think that part of it is half Labyrinth conveys him working for both sides. Yeah. Okay. Because half like half and half. Oh, I see. Okay. And then I also think it conveys like well, I don't know. I just think it it, it I think it, the interesting thing is this whole school year Harry has been helped by this book that was owned by the Half Blood Prince. Uh-huh. And this whole time he has been helped by Snape in a way. Oh yeah, that's cool. And this whole time we have been very confused about Snape. Yeah, but oh, by, I guess that's why this, the movie's kind of about his like, is yeah. he good? Is he bad? Yeah. And, and by this time we're kind of like, I think he's okay. Uh huh. I think he's just working for both sides, but in a good guy way. And then he I does, don't think that by the end of the movie. No, no, I'm saying before this moment happens. Oh, okay. So then we get to this point, and he does this, and you're like, oh, he's just terrible. He is. He has betrayed Dumbledore this whole time. Yeah. 
And I think that's a lot of what that's about. I think it is a big like character development. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Um, and then the very end, Harry's like, I got to go find these horcruxes. And he's like, I'm doing I, it I wish you guys the best. And I, I like that it doesn't take too long. He accepts it. But Hermione's like, do you seriously think after all the crazy stuff we've been through that we're not going to help you? And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And that's a very nice moment. And then it's like, guys, buckle up. There's another movie. And we find out right off the gate that this Horcrux is not a real Horcrux. Oh, that's there right. There was a note on the side saying, from R.A.B., saying, like, I have, I'm going to find the real thing and destroy you. So they're, they're starting off with zero Horcruxes. Yeah. And well, nothing to go on. Well, they have... No, no, I'm saying they in their possession, they don't have anything. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, it's still five they need to get, though, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, do, so they explain the RAB thing in the next one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, in my head, I don't know why, when they read that, I was like, ah, Rubus Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know if Rubus is anything that's... Rubius is... Ha- isn't that Hagrid? <laughs> Maybe. I think so. I just combine them, and then I'm like, and Dumbledore doesn't start with a B, so <laughs> why did I think it's kind of weird but in my head i was like oh he already got it and took care of it and he's just like he needed to complete his which wouldn't have made any sense um so in summation in conclusion folks um i like this movie i will say i think the beginning's really great i think the ending's awesome and i do think the middle i remember i remember we watched it last night or the night before whatever when i was watching it i was like until it really starts cooking at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, this is a filler. Like, there, you know, and I did like the character development and everything, but I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is just one, a movie to kind of set up the next movie. And I do feel that way for the most part, except for the ending. Um, it's like the calm before the storm. Yeah. And, and if the whole movie was as good as the ending, it would definitely be my favorite. Mm hmm. But since it's not that, it's not my favorite. Um, yeah. Mm. But I, I think it's still a good movie. It's yeah. still no, a, I know. Yeah. an easy 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Like it a lot. Um, I got the Harry Potter bug, like I keep saying. Can't wait to watch Deathly Hallows. Um, do you have anything to say about this movie? I love this movie. It's a, <laughs> it's, I love the character development. I love how serious it is. And... I feel like it's the movie ends with all of the the chess pieces yes. moved and it's Ready it's to like go. it's like check. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. Okay, well thank you for listening folks. Um I do want to plug a couple of things. Um please listen. So if you sign up for the Patreon, we've already said all the other things, but by now my album comes out March 13th, but if you're a Patreon subscriber you got the album already, folks. Yeah, if you're on the $5 tier, you get to stream it. If you're on the $10 tier, you get it downloaded. If you plan on buying the album, just become a patron for the month. You may as well, because it'll be cheaper than buying the album. And you mm-hmm. get more stuff. Um, How many songs are on the album? 14, folks. Um, and then speaking of the album, it's coming out March 13th. And it is going to be released at the Children's Sanctuary Church, which is in Medford, um, ac- kind of across the street from Siam. And, and the why. And the why. And it's going to be bonkers. We're going to like decorate it. It's going to look cool. It's going to be very fun. And we are going to, quote, rock the house, end quote. I, I promise you, you will have fun if you come to the show. There won't be a roof by the ni- end of the night. 
Yeah. And for patrons, I'm going to have some, um, I th- hopefully, I'm not sure exactly, but there will probably be posters, um, specific versions of other posters that will be the Patreon, the patrons will just get it when they show up. Designed by yours truly. Yeah. They won't even have to buy them. Everyone else will have to buy them, but they're going to get a kind that won't even look the same because I think we'll do a different color scheme or something like that. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) um, So anyway, thank you for listening. Next week, we do the Deathly Hallows, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows dash part one. And I think this weekend, Jordan and I are going to double feature those two movies. With Sydney and Taylor Brown in our hearts. Taylor Brown in our hearts. Because she's in Texas. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So thanks for listening. Peace. (laughs) 